Welcome to the DBS Films Podcast, a behind-the-scenes look into making indie films. Learn from DBS Films about their process, tips, and fun stories that all come with making multiple movies a reality. Hey everybody, welcome to the DBS Films Podcast. My name is Kellen, it's just you and me, which means it is an indie film update. Today we're going to go ahead and dive into where we're at in the filmmaking process. It is April 16th when you're listening to this. And before we do, we do want to give one quick shout out to the girl on Cabin 13. Again, that is our latest feature. It is currently on Tubi for free. It's also on Amazon if you want to rent it or buy it. You can also buy the DVD, which anyone that buys a DVD, I cannot wait to sign it. That's one of my favorite things to do. So be sure to check it out. It really means the world to us. Right now, we are kind of falling a little bit off of the horror chart. We're still on the the horror page, but for about three weeks, we were in the number one spot, which really is a testament to our super fans, just promoting it, pushing it out there. And just everyone who's been watching it, you know, again, if you watch this movie, it means so much to us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you haven't watched it, there's a whole bunch of links in either the YouTube or the podcast or whatever you're listening or watching this on. So please do. It, It means so much to us. Now, when it comes to the production update, we really have two major things we're focusing on, which is finishing the Haunting of the Murder House, which is our newest feature. Currently, right now, we're about 85% of the way through the uh, sound edit. So really, once the sound edit's done, we're we're pretty much going to be good to go. We actually did do one little pickup today. So we were doing some pickup shots, um, and it was mainly just like an insert for making this concoction, but it came out really cool. We're just kind of putting a bunch of stuff in a chalice. You can take a look at that on our TikTok. If you're in our Discord, you got some behind-the-scenes footage of it, too. But we are very excited for The Haunting of the Murder House. I mean, given the success that we're seeing with The Girl in Cabin 13, you know, we're, we're really kind of uh, hoping we can push this uh, movie to the next level because it is much better than The Girl in Cabin 13. In my personal humble opinion, a lot of the early feedback that we are getting from uh, some people who are watching it is, yeah, this is definitely the best movie you guys made. So I'm excited. You know, I, I really think this is, uh, you know, could be something that um, really marks another step forward in the process. So we're going to keep working on that. We're going to uh, hopefully get that to our super fans to watch uh, any day now. Um, I know I've been saying like, hey, guys, don't worry any week, but uh, hopefully this will be the week that we end up doing it. Um, but if it's not, we'll have it to you as soon as possible. And again, if you are part of our Discord channel and you are a super fan, you will be able to watch The Haunting of the Murder House for free before anyone else does. And on top of that, the movie is really not going to get released until like August or later just because it's a slow pl- process on the distribution side of things. First, we've got to give it to our agent. Our agent's going to go ahead, pitch distribution. Distribution's going to lock in their deal. They take about two, three months before they go release it. So it's going to be a while. But if you're a super fan, you will get to see that first cut before anyone else. Give us feedback. We might even make some changes based on it. So really cool place to be. Definitely go ahead and join us for that. Uh, the other element in that we're looking into is we are locked in for the dates. It is going to be the first week of May for the shooting of the shapeshifter. Now I'm very excited for this one, you know, for multiple reasons, um, based on everything that we've had coming off of the girl in cabin 13, we're honestly all very excited. Uh, you know, I was talking with my brother today about it and it, this is, it's a bit of a script in the sense of, you know, we got some, Bolder things were taken, but I think we can handle it this time around. And more importantly, we have finally listened to our own advice and we've given ourselves three days of filming extra. So these are three days that we don't have anything planned that we're simply going to say, hey, where are we at? Where are we at in the edit? Where are we at in the rough cut? What do we want to do? How do we want to make this the best movie possible? And I think the biggest issue with a lot of our earlier films, especially The Hateful Eight, is it, it is something that it can take 
you know, we've never really had a, a shoot end on time. Uh, you know, even the haunt of the murder house, we basically were like, all right, it's 24 hours of work and we're done. Cool. We're good. Um, girl in cabin 13, same thing. So this might be one of the first ones that we actually finally get to the end day and they're like, you know, I'm comfortable with everything. I'm sure we'll always be filming and utilizing every single second we have, but again, it could be something where, um, I think that's going to play a huge part into it. So we're, we're excited. We did do a little bit of a uh, pickup shots there. Uh, if you are part of our discord again, you got to meet our newest masked friend. His name's Sid, the shapeshifter, but I got to put Sid's mask on and man, Sid cannot see anything. I thought Carl was bad. Sid is by far the worst, but he looks really, really good. So it, it ended up working the, the, the film test that we did. So that was really, really cool in that sense. And then the, uh, you know, other big thing with this movie is we're really bringing back an all-star cast of the DVS um, acting crew. You know, we have Dylan who played um, in Girl in Camp 13 and Haunting the Murder House. He's coming back. We have Sonny. So Chloe's coming back, which is awesome. We have Tyler who's coming back, who is in the Haunting the Murder House. Really just an all-star team. We got Joe. So Reggie's coming back. Uh, everyone loved Joe from Girl in Cabin 13. How could you not? And then unfortunately, we do have me. So you guys do have to put up with me, but everyone else is really, really good. So that's going to be awesome. Also, did I mention uh, we have our super fan Aries is going to be in the movie. So that's going to be awesome. He's going to crush that role. He's going to be the best Officer Reynolds ever. Sorry, past Officer Reynolds, but I mean, Aries is just going to bring the heat. I know it. So really excited for that. On the community side of things, we are continuing to grow. We just hit 100K on TikTok. Way to go, everyone. Thank you so much. That means so much to us. Honestly, all the positive feedback we've been getting on uh, TikTok is amazing to see. Usually we get pretty negative reviews ever since then, like ever since starting a TikTok page. But once we got it, people are really supporting us. They're saying, you know, go indie film studio. You guys are awesome. And that means the world to us. You know, that's how we branched off, found our original super fan, started the Discord community. Now we have 410 members with 71 of them being super fans. So if you've listened to this podcast before, you know, I'm hyping up that first 100 super fans. They are always going to mean so much to me. They're going to mean so much to us because if we do end up, you know, becoming a big production studio we won't necessarily need as much support as we do now so if you're willing to give us the support now if you're willing to be part of this and you know i get so many cool messages like hey man make sure you take care of yourself drink some water you know get some sleep all of those fun things in the sense of it's awesome knowing that you guys really do care about us that you guys are really passionate and that you want our dreams to come true you know i i'm still in awe and i can't thank you guys enough so that's really cool if you haven't joined our discord you still have a shot at, at getting in there before the first 100 but it's getting harder and I, I'm telling you guys, you know, it, it's going to be something that we're moving quick. Only a month and a half. We've got 400 members on it. So that's really, really cool to see. As always, we're going to go ahead. We're going to answer a few of our questions that we get from our super fans. So let me go ahead and bring this up right now. So the first question that we have is from Aries. And as I mentioned, Aries is going to be in the movie. Uh, the newest one we film is Officer Reynolds. He's a super fan of ours. First super fan we're casting. I'm super excited. He asked... When editing a roughly hour and a half movie, how long does it take? What's involved in the process? And is it a multiple person task or do you prefer to do it alone? So this is a fantastic question, Aries. Thank you so much for asking it. My biggest role probably in the movies is editing. So, you know, it's a personal one that I like um, to just kind of dive into. Really, the answer is it depends. It depends on the state of the footage that you get. Um, I would say most of our movies 
are probably within like the 100 to 200 hour range, maybe 300, depending on them. Um, some of our worst ones, like the Morgan Estate or the Devil in the Room, are probably pushing 500, if not more. So it really kind of depends on the condition. You know, how much love does it need? Does it need any technical issues like sound? Is there any technical issues like the the color is is off? So really, you know, as we get better at those things, um, it gets a lot easier. So like to kind of walk it through, like Girl in Cabin 13 probably was like around the 200 hour mark between me and my brother. Um, I wish I was like tracking it, but you know, I don't, I don't really have that. I'll probably do it going forward. Cause that would be a cool metric to know exactly how many hours, but it definitely is a good chunk. Um, I would say you probably put the most actual hours into editing, you know, filming it, it's yeah. You're putting in a lot of hours, but like it's condensed. I would say probably, you know, writing, you are putting in a good amount of hours too, but not really as much editing is really in my opinion where you're putting the big grind in but the process for us really looks like i like to say it's five stages for cinematic and three stages for found footage just because these footage is like found footage you can't really do much with it you know you just kind of stack it together but with cinematic the first part is organizing and getting a rough so the first thing i do on set is really all about organizing it um, and that saves you so much time you know having nice bins nice little folders this is the scene here's all of the takes saves you so much time later down the road when you're like, oh, well, let me improve the scene. You don't have to dig through anything to find it. It's right there at your fingertips. But the first thing I try and do really, if you listen to our past uh, podcast is how do we get from point A to point Z and how are the transitions looking? The actual scenes themselves, I usually just focus on the wide, like here's the wide shot. Yep, everyone's there. I know we have a bunch of cuts and takes for the other ones, but we can play with that there. Do we have just the coverage to get through the scene and what happens? How do we get to the next scene? That's usually my first focus is organizing and doing that. The second layer then, the second take is um, usually what we end up doing is kind of, all right, well, now how do we go into each one of these scenes and how do we add the different cuts in there? You know, how do we add the close-ups? How do we, who is it jumping through? What takes are we actually using? You know, this is when we actually look at the takes. So this is a pretty longer process too, um, in the sense that, uh, it's probably the most time consuming um, because you're actually going in through each one of the takes and seeing which one's the good take. Whereas like for the rough organization, I'm usually describing like the second to last take, knowing that my brother usually films one for safety and then going from there. So once we get that rough together, then the third one is picture lock. So we basically really jump in and say, okay, you know, here's where we're at. How do we go ahead and get it to that you know, final form where we're like, okay, this is exactly how I want it to cut. This is where I want to put the key frames so that there's motion in it. You know, all these little kind of technical details there that we put in there. Um, but we really just are kind of like, okay, this is, I'm happy with how it looks. Uh, usually at this time we use like placeholder sounds and like rough color, um, but nothing too much. The fourth round is when we add in the color and the sound um, in the sense of like, we really, okay, this is picture locked. So now let's take a look at the sound. Let's take a look at the color and let's really make it, you know, work. Um, so that's kind of the next step there. We also look at adding more keyframes. So for those who aren't editing, a keyframe is basically like, you know, the camera zooms in a little bit, the camera moves from the left to the right. Like we do a lot of the editing stuff to add movement, add motion, crop in the front frame, just kind of slightly tweak the picture a bit uh, also occurs in the fourth one. And then the fifth one is finishing touches. Usually this is after we go ahead and, and get all the feedback. Now, again, the super fans are going to see like the fourth stage, which is basically before that. But the final stage of editing is making any kind of changes to it based on the feedback we get. On top of that, it's going ahead and basically, um, 
finishing all of the sound and finishing all of the um, final touches on it. So that's really kind of the process there. Again, I would say we're probably looking at two to 300 hours between my brother and I. And to answer the question, do I prefer to have multi-person task or do you prefer to do it alone? Well, I prefer to do it alone when it is, you know, just like, hey, this is the scene. And the way that me and my brother work a lot is I'll start from the back and he starts from the, the beginning and we meet in the middle. Um, so like we're really good at doing that for like the first few cuts. And then from there, we just kind of, you know, what do you think of this one? I think it should look like this. What do you think of this one? I think it should look like that. So it's almost kind of like we have task lists, you know, like, you know, hey, we don't feel good about this scare. You do one, I do one. And then we see which one we like better. That's kind of the way we break it up there. But I work really well with my brother, thankfully. Um, you know he's a little bit annoying at times and he doesn't know what he's talking about half the time but i work really well with him so it's a good process that me and him have i definitely wouldn't want to do it all around alone because then you'd be doubling the time i'd be spending on editing and as much as i do like editing um i, I kind of like to go outside every once in a while too so that kind of answers this question but again aries fantastic question really enjoyed that one Next question I have is from Shredda Sab and congratulations Sab on landing that talent agent. I think you really, really are, are pushing it. And, you know, I, I hope big things are coming for you too, man, because you definitely got the look, you definitely got the talent for it. So I'm really happy to hear that. So Sab's question was, does movie, does making horror movies take away from the magic of watching other movies in the genre? That's a great question. And actually it doesn't, if anything, it makes them more magical. And the reason I say that is, you know, having made 10 movies now, when we watch a movie, like I'm on multiple times on like TikTok lives and on like our discord channel, I've been like, you know, I don't really watch a lot of major movies now, like major Hollywood movies. I tend to just watch like a whole bunch of indie movies because I love it. I love seeing the details. I love seeing, you know, um, kind of the errors that they make in, in our sense and kind of like understanding like, oh, there was this issue. They ran into this issue. You know, this cut was really weird. I'm sure something happened there. Or, oh, there goes the audio. I'm sure, you know, something happened with the boom and not to like pick it apart and be like, oh, look at this, but mainly to be like, you know, solidarity like yes like we go through those same issues too man you know so to me it's something where like i always have incredible respect for any kind of filmmaker for any kind of creative and what i think makes it even more magic is when you know just how tough and how hard of a process it is and it can be that you know watching those things and seeing it and seeing it all come together is absolutely amazing to me and you know one thing that i always think that people don't understand is you know movie making for some reason people will always be like well this is the perfect product exactly how it happened and you know this is exactly what the person wanted when in reality movie making is just one giant compromise it is a compromise from what you write to what you film it's a compromise from what you film to what you edit final product is and i don't think there's a, a filmmaker you know in any level that has been like yep this is exactly how the movie in my head was supposed to be from point a to point you know z could it be possible you know hey 100 it's hard to speak for everyone but i still think it's something where a lot of people don't understand that it is a compromise a lot goes into it and that is the magic of the process to me now is understanding that and seeing it so to answer the question it makes it even better watching movies which is really really something i'm grateful for and then for our uh, last question that we have um and this one is from ashley and she says do you ever change the script in the middle of filming a movie first off ashley thank you so much for being such an awesome super fan really really appreciate it um you know again such a great part of the community as anyone is but you know you really have been uh stepping up and i love just interacting with you on a daily basis so thank you for being part of the community and also a great question so for us it's a little bit different um you know really i think the biggest thing that's um unique with us is since we are filming it we don't actually have to 
put all of the final polish and the final touches in the script. You know, the script really for us is just a blueprint. It's an outline. It's to better have us talk and understand what we want to film. So we get a clear picture, but then the more important role is to give it to the, the talent and everyone else to be like, Hey, this is what we're trying to do. So that's really kind of the major role it serves. And when it serves that role, it can be a lot more flexible. So I usually see there's like three different parts of the script. The first part that's incredibly flexible is going to be the dialogue. Now, you know, we have kind of like, hey, this is the overall theme and gist of what we're trying to get across in this scene. But we give the actors a lot of flexibility in the sense of like, you know, what do you think your character might say? What are different lines? It's like, let's talk through it. Is there any line that like is is weird to you to read or anything like that? So we kind of pick that apart and we'll, we're always happy to change the dialogue. Like any point in time, that's usually one that's there. Now, again, we have like some lines and some scenes that we really like. So we'll keep those like no matter what. But for the most part, we're very flexible with the dialogue. The second element to it is just kind of how the actual scene unfolds. And that's usually because, you know, we do have location scouts, but you don't really know until you're there walking through it with the actors to understand, oh, okay, this is how this scene plays out. This is where it should be. You know, hey, instead of this, let's try this. Or instead of this, let's do that. Those things end up coming about a good chunk of time. And really, again, it's based on limitations of filming. You know, well, this is too tight. We can't do this. What room is going to be this room? You know, what's this? Like, there's a lot of things there that, like, we just really won't know until we start working it. And that can lead to a lot of changes as well. So that's another element to it. And then the top level one that won't really change much is kind of the overall story and plot, you know, in the sense of like, this happens, this is the ending, this is the middle, these are the characters, these are how they end. Those are things that are very likely not going to change at all. Um, so it's kind of a mix of those things, but we really do see our script as like a mix flexible breathing document that we really just use to kind of keep us on pace and also allow us to, to, you know, understand where we're at with the shot list, understand what the actors quickly get on a page and say, Hey, this is what we're looking to do, but we might film it differently. And we might say the different dialogue. So those are kind of the major ones. Again, great question, Ashley, because you know, the script does play a big role. And if you're a writer, a writer finishing the script is going to be way different than our script. So that's something I always want to stress is, you know, we have the luxury of not having to go through all of the painstaking process of, you know, presenting your vision to someone because the vision kind of lives in our head and we can just, you know, default back to that. So great question. And as always, guys, if you want to ask this question, if you want to hang out with us, if you want to just be part of this community, it is super easy. We got a bunch of links for you. Check out our Discord channel. Check out our, our TikTok. Check out all the stuff we have. We want to be the most community-focused uh, production studio out this as we continue to grow, as we continue to have success. So will all super fans. So will all of our members. And big shout out to Katie for becoming uh, the first member of Carlos Club. And then shortly behind her, Curtis, her daddy's boy, he ended up making it in there too. So so thank you guys so much for that support. That is truly a monumental level of support that we will never forget. And I know all of our super fans are destined for Caller Club. Because again, this is only a month and a half of, of doing this. We already have 410 members. We already have 70 super fans. So I, I wouldn't wait. If you guys are listening to this, if you think this is something cool, please join us. You know, we really want to be very interactive with you. So until then, have a good one.